The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, it's the season of love again. And if you're single or let's just go ahead and say it, if you're thinking about being single again, this show is for you. It's time to revisit all of your dreams for finding that special soulmate. And Ariel Ford, our guest for today, has a secret about that. Ariel helped launch the careers of such giants as Deepak Chopra and Neil Donald Walsh, to name a few, and handled publicity for Wayne Dyer, Gary Zukoff, and Marianne Williamson, and other notables, 11 of whom became number one on the New York Times bestseller list. But until the age 44... She was a self-described failure in the area of romantic relationships, yet she didn't, did meet and marry her soulmate and has written a book about it, out now in paperback, called The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. She herself used the technique in the book to find her own soulmate, with whom she is still happily married 12 years later. Ariel Four is a relationship expert who has spent the past 25 years living and promoting consciousness through all forms of media. And in so doing, she has also developed uh, and is the founding partner of the Spiritual Cinema Circle, a DVD club dedicated to providing movies about love and compassion. Ariel lives in La Jolla, California with her husband and soulmate, Brian Hilliard, and their feline friends. Welcome, Ariel, to the show. So glad to get to talk with you today. Thank you, Andrea. I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, let's just sort of jump right in there and talk about this whole thing. You know, that word the soulmate gets thrown around a lot, and it means all kinds of things to all kinds of people. So let, what do you mean when you say soulmate? I believe a soulmate is first and foremost somebody you can completely be yourself with, somebody with whom you share unconditional love. And when you look into each other's eyes, you have the experience of being home. So if you accept that as a definition of a soulmate, then I would suggest that you already have many soulmates in your life. It could be your kids, your siblings, your parents, your business partners, coworkers, neighbors, anybody with whom you can totally be yourself, with whom you share unconditional love. And in, in my book, The Soulmate Secret, we talk mainly about manifesting a romantic soulmate. But the reason I like to start with acknowledging all the other soulmates in your life is because when you put your time and attention and appreciation and gratitude for the love that's already in your life, it makes you a magnet for more love. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. What you put your attention on grows. So I always suggest, let's start with acknowledging how much love we already have, as opposed to looking from it at a point of view with what's missing. Mm -hmm. Because the law of attraction states that we bring to us the people, places, and experiences that match our state of being. 
So if our state of being is something or someone is missing, all we're going to manifest is more of the experience of missing. So I like to start with focusing on what we have in abundance and get more of that. Right. So, so we're not talking about um, filling in loneliness here. We're talking about growing what already is there. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very important point because it's very easy to get stuck in sadness, anger, resentment, resignation, especially, you know, when we're lonely and we are really yearning for a partner. But those types of emotions will just bring more of the same. So what I suggest you do is that if you're sort of stuck in a cycle of negative emotions, don't deny it, but do get out your egg timer and set it for three minutes and allow yourself three minutes to fully experience whatever disappointment or sadness you have around the area of love. And I promise you, if you fully focus on it, it will start to dissipate. And then you can start using the very powerful soulmate secret manifestation techniques to bring new love into your life. Right. So it, and, and part of that is just the idea that one of the things we're doing when we have some kind of hard or difficult energy going on inside of us is we tend to want to resist it, and as we resist it, it grows. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like my sister Debbie Ford teaches a lot of this work, and she always says it's kind of like when you're in, in a pool with a beach ball and you try to push the beach ball under the water, it always pops back up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that with the emotions we don't want to deal with. If we don't, if we don't deal with them, they just keep popping up often at inappropriate times. Right. And when it comes to a soulmate, we want that to be appropriate, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, in terms of a romantic soulmate, is there only one for each person or... Is it possible for us to have more than one romantic? Yes, we all get lots of them. I don't know who started this awful rumor that we each only get one big love in a lifetime, but it's absolutely not true. Um, Let's look at the statistics. There are almost 7 billion people alive on the planet today. 7 billion! And half of them are single. And you only need one at a time. So statistically, all the numbers are in your favor. So it's my belief and knowledge that there are many possible soulmates for us. And if you, let's say you were married to your soulmate and some years later things change and you get divorced. That happens. Sometimes soulmates grow apart and get divorced. doesn't mean it wasn't your soulmate. It just means it's now time for a new soulmate. So no matter how many relationships you've had, no matter how old you are, or what your beliefs are, there's plenty of love out there for you. And I know this for certain because this even worked for my 80-year-old mother-in-law a few years ago. Wow. Never too late, is it? Never too late. Uh-uh. Yep. So in terms of uh, uh, attracting a soulmate, you say there's some real significant and important steps along, along the lines of manifesting that soulmate. Could you share just a little bit of that with us? Sure. Um, the very first step is forgiveness. I believe that we first need to forgive ourselves for all the things we believe we've done wrong in the past in relationships, and then we need to forgive all the people that we're judging as having done us wrong. And the reason we want to do this is because these manifestation tools are very powerful, and you want to start from clean ground. You don't want to start with a lot of baggage, because what could happen is if you don't forgive the past, you may recreate the past. 
And those of you that have been in the same kinds of relationships over and over again know this to be true. There's a pattern set there. So forgiveness is a really good way to start unraveling those kinds of patterns. The second step is about having a clear intention, really checking in with yourself and, and looking to see, is now the best time for me to have new love in my life? Because if you're working two jobs and you've got young kids at home and you don't have a minute to yourself, how in the world are you going to nurture a relationship when you don't even have time to take care of you? So you need to look and see, do I have time and space and energy for another person right now? And maybe you don't, and that's okay. And if you don't, give yourself a break. Don't put the pressure on on yourself saying, oh, I should be in a relationship. You know, maybe six months or a year from now, you'll have more time and energy for it. But if now is the time, then you want to create a soulmate wish list. And while this may sound kind of easy, it's actually the hardest part of the whole process because what you need to do is look inside your heart and figure out what are the traits and qualities I need from another human being. What does my ideal relationship look like and feel like? And then you need to write it down as a series of positive statements. And I always like to share what I think the number one item on everybody's list should be, and it goes something like this. My soulmate is open, willing, and available for a long-term, committed, monogamous relationship. And all of those words are really important because if you're going to pull somebody new into your life, you do want someone who's open, willing, available for a committed, long-term, monogamous relationship, right? Or at least most people will. Yeah. So I always say start with that as your, as your first statement. The second one... Uh, can be around geography. So you live in Birmingham, Alabama, and if you have friends and family there and you love living there and you want to spend the rest of your life there, then you would say, my soulmate already lives in Birmingham or is willing to move here. Otherwise, you could end up like a friend of mine did. She was living in Cleveland, worked on manifesting her soulmate. She met him. He was from Sydney, Australia, and there was no way they could work it out. Wow. Yeah, so geography is really important. Mm -hmm. It can be that specific. But then you also want to look and see, you know, what are the heart qualities you want? Like when I was doing my list 14 years ago, I knew that I wanted somebody who was generous, not necessarily with their wallet, but with their time and their attention. I wanted to be the center of somebody's universe. I knew that that's what I needed. I always felt neglected as a kid, so (laughs) I wanted to rock somebody's world and be the center of their universe. You know, I wanted somebody who was adventurous, who liked to travel to exotic places. And I knew for sure he had to be a cat lover because I always have cats and I had dated guys who were allergic to my cats. So you make this whole list, however long it needs to be, of the traits and qualities and then you add in a description of what your life together will look like. Right, right. So what you're doing is you're, you're really uh, also committing to only allowing this person to be the one that comes to your life. Is that a part of this? Yeah, well, there could be many people who, you know, sort of come through and you check them out and you see if they're right for you because, you know, beyond just this this list of heart traits and qualities and a description of lifestyle, you also need chemistry and compatibility and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, it may not be the next person you meet, but as long as you're, 
putting out this energy of what it is you want to attract, you'll get it. Another way to look at it is like, you know, when was the last time you went looking for a job? Let's say it was 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. You probably created a resume, got reference letters. You had an idea in your head of, of what kind of work you wanted to do and how much money you wanted to earn. And then you set about and you went and you landed the job, right? It wasn't, you, you weren't leaving it up to fate to see what kind of job was going to land in your lap. You were proactive. So that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about manifesting a soulmate. Yeah, and in the same way, I saw this movie recently. I can't even remember what it was. It was a, uh, uh, a movie about this guy that was applying for a job, and he said, I'm going to only accept this amount of money when I go for this interview. And he got to the interview, and the guy said, well, we're going to pay you a whole lot less than that, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, the figure that was like $10,000 a year less than that. And the guy said, okay, I'll take it. And I think that's where uh, I was talking about commitment, that whole idea that if you set this as your goal, then you have to be committed as you're sorting through the people you meet. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, we all have our things that are deal breakers for us. You know, like I knew there was no way I was going to end up with somebody who was a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all about health and fitness and feeling good and living a long life. So there are certain things that you know you can't compromise on. And then there are other things that aren't that important. Like I have one friend who uh, is a vegan, and she meditates, and she does yoga all the time. And she ended up falling in love with a guy who's a hunter meat eater. Wow. And, uh, but you know what? He loves her. She loves him. He wasn't in judgment of his food choices, and they're very happy together. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to hear some more from Ariel about how you can find your soulmate in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited. So sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. 
listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research education and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. That's N-O-E-T-I-C dot org. And we're talking today to Ariel Ford about her book, The Soulmate Secret, and uh, she's informed us about some of the key steps to manifesting a soulmate. Um, and before we go any further, our, our interview with Ariel is only 30 minutes today, so we're going to be, I just want to give her an opportunity to talk just a little bit about how our listeners might be able to connect with you and your website and any events you got coming up, anything like that. Oh, thanks. Yes. Um, well, The Soulmate Secret works for men and women equally well of all ages. And if you go to soulmatesecretbook.com, you can order the book there and also get a whole series of really great free gifts, including a free 90-minute audio workshop and an e-book and all kinds of stuff. So that's soulmatesecretbook.com. And then additionally, um, I'm doing a thing called the Ultimate Soulmate Summit starting on Valentine's Day with my friend Claire Zamet, who teaches the Calling in the One Teleseminars. It's an 11-day free teleseminar series with 21 of the world's leading experts on love and relationships. This is people like uh, Gay Hendricks, John Gray, Alison Armstrong, Neil Donald Walsh, all talking about how to manifest the love of your life, and it's totally free. And you can access that by going to soulmatesummit.net, soulmatesummit.net. So that's what I've got coming up. Wonderful. 11 whole days of that. That's great. I think you might be able to start a whole uh, congregation of new relationships. After that. uh, that's what we're hoping. I hope so, too. That's great. Okay. So in the book, you talk about some common blocks to finding true love. What, can you just mention those for us? Sure. Um, you know, quite often it's things like, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too damaged, or my favorite, all the good ones are taken. Mm-hmm. They're all the beliefs that stop us from having love, and you really need to unload those because they, you'll get to be right. And I have seen over the last several years working with this material that it's, age is not a factor, weight and income are not a factor. Really, manifesting love in your life is about loving yourself and having a willingness to share more love with a partner and with the world. And you don't have to be a perfect person to manifest love. Um, Quite often what happens in soulmate love is a great healing takes place between two people. So it's, you know, there are no requirements except a willingness to put a little time and energy, intention and attention on your love life. So just like you would put time, energy, and intention onto finding a job or finding a place to live, carve out that time for your own heart, for your own love life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know that last one you said was your favorite, that block of, uh, you know, all the good ones are taken. 
I, you know, I've worked with a lot of people in my therapy practice who are also looking for the love of their life, their soulmate. And one of the things that I do with them is I say, you know, tell me about yourself. You know, tell me who you are, really, and just give me four or five traits that belong to you. And and they'll own some of their most favorable traits. And then I say, well, how come there's no one else on the planet like you? And they are able to see that, oh, well, out of all these millions of people, there must be somebody else like me. So that a whole idea is you're looking for someone that you can you can be uh, uh, really relate to, and uh, not just any old buddy. Yeah, and you know one of the things I've I've just noticed recently is um, dating websites where they match you up by hobbies and interests mm-hmm. as opposed to you know more specific things. So that even if you don't end up with your soulmate, you end up with new friends that have similar interests, and of course they have friends and they could be fixing you up. Absolutely, absolutely. The more friends you meet, the more friends you meet. Exactly. Yep. Okay, so you also talk about the sort of deep cellular change that, that comes about as this process unfolds. Can you say just a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we do in the Soulmate Secret are, are what I call feelingizations. Now, you may know them by the word visualizations, where you see something that you desire in your mind's eye, But what I've learned over the years is just visualizing something won't bring it to you without the emotional component. You need to be able to feel in every cell of your body that what you've asked for is already yours. And so I take people through these feelingization processes where they can go deep into their heart and re-experience the feelings and sensations of love and appreciation and gratitude where they can actually feel it on every level, and from that place start dropping in the desires for a new relationship, for new love, and start feeling the anticipation and the excitement of that being drawn to you. So that's a really effective and important component of the process. Okay. So in, in other words, this whole process of finding a soulmate can also be personally transforming. Oh, it absolutely is. And Another piece of the puzzle is, is what I call living as if, or you, another way to say it would be fake it till you make it. So after you go through the process of having clarity and doing your soulmate wish list and the vision boards and the release techniques and everything else that's in the soulmate secret, then I ask you to begin living as if. And when you're living as if, your behavior and your actions and your thought processes come from a place of knowing and trusting that your soulmate is on the way, that you actually believe this. And you demonstrate you believe this by doing simple things like buying birthday cards or I love you just because cards that you're going to give them someday in the near future. Or you buy tickets to a concert or a play that's coming up in the future. You get your home ready. I call it feathering the nest. And so your actions and your behavior and your attitude are all shouting, I'm ready, I'm excited, he or she is on the way, and I'm prepared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when they come along, we're less, less likely to dismiss them out, you know, just sort of not put blinders on and not notice them. Well, that's another good reason to have your wish list, because if there's somebody there and you're not 100% sure, you can go back to your list. You know, okay, well, I've got chemistry, I've got compatibility with them, and look, they match my 10 most important things on my wish list, you know? Because yep. uh, yep. sometimes there's still a little uh, leftover resistance to being happy. You know, there's some people out there that are, are really addicted to suffering. Mm-hmm. True. 
Yep. So would you be willing to share the story of how you met Brian? Sure, absolutely. Um, I had learned these techniques 25 years ago and began to use them in my career with really tremendous success. And one day I woke up, I was 43 years old, and I suddenly realized I'd never gotten married. And I had this deep desire to find my soulmate and to be married. And I started looking at what I had created with my career, and I began to wonder if all the prayers and rituals and techniques I had used for work would work in my love life. And I honestly didn't know if they would, but I systematically began to apply them. And within three months, I met Brian. We actually met at an airport on a business trip. Uh, I knew the day we met. He knew the day we met. Three weeks after we met, we got engaged, and a year later, we had three weddings. And by that point, I had actually somewhat forgotten about my list. And a few years after we got married, he came running down the stairs waving this beat-up yellow legal pad. And he said, I found your list. I found your list. And I was like, what list? What are you talking about? He said, it's your soulmate wish list. He said, I'm everything on it except two. I had 48 items on my list, oh, wow. 48, including one that said he would have gray hair, which he did. He went gray in his 30s. Huh. Um, and I said, okay, which two aren't you? And he said, well, I'm not Jewish. And I said, well, that's obviously not an issue because even though I was born Jewish, I don't really practice Jewish, you know, the religion, so I don't know why I put it on there. <laughs> and the other one was, he said, I don't cook. I said, well, for sure, that's not a problem because we've never missed a meal. <laughs> so the two things I didn't get, I didn't need. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yep, and I, I attracted my partner the same way, We're, uh, both of us doing the same kind of list work. So it does work. If you... Oh, it absolutely works. And, in yeah. fact, um, the paperback of The Soulmate Secret just came out, and there's an entire new chapter that I added, which is just success stories from readers around the world that have manifested new love, whether they're 25 or many of them are women in their 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting how many people are starting over? And we're, we're just so beginning to really understand this whole thing of relationship, what it really means to be intimate and what it really means to really love someone for a long, long time and how that can grow. We're just are beginning we're to, launder, to really get that, I think, for the first time maybe in the world. And, you know, what my husband always says, he said, when it comes to soulmate love, one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals 11. And when you have an 11 kind of relationship, your love blesses the world. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And that's a numerological figure is what he's talking about. Is that right? You know, he wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but I, you're right. 11 a power number. It sure is. It sure <laughs> is. And it is a humanitarian number. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the whole idea of relationship as it changes and grows over time as we evolve as people and as it changes over time what we expect from relationship, one of the things that I'm really acutely aware of is that we're we're making it more um, richly about our own authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and uh, you know, when you can completely and fully be yourself with another person, yep. it's there's not even words to describe what that feeling's like, to be oh, yeah. seen, to be witnessed, to share a life together. I recently uh, wrote an article on, on soulmate love because when I'm with other soulmate couples, 
we always talk about how grateful we are and how fortunate we feel to know that we're in this relationship that actually gets better with time. Mm-hmm. But none of us ever talk about it publicly because we don't want it, we don't want the singles around us to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally said, you know, I'm just going to write up this article and place, put it all over the internet to inspire singles. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's why we're so excited about being able to offer the Soulmate Summit. So I just want to give out the URL one more time. It's soulmatesummit.net, and it's free. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ariel, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing the secret of how to find a soulmate. We are very lucky to have you, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Andrea. Take care now. Okay, you too. All right, bye-bye. And we'll be back for more in just a few minutes about your relationship. So stay tuned for more. for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited. So sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back. Uh, We've just been talking to Arielle Ford about her book, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. And she's also invited everyone to attend the Ultimate Soulmate Summit. Uh, And uh, so she's talked about that quite a bit. And we are moving forward now. She had to uh, leave the show, but we're going to talk some more about relationship and what that whole idea is. You know, there's a lot of people out there also that are... 
um, are alone, are single, but they are not uh, really seeking a relationship but feel that they should seek relationship because that's what everybody expects them to do. I've talked to several people over the past year, in fact, who really prefer to be alone, and that's how they're happy. They don't really want a relationship, and they're really happy. Uh, they're productive, joyful, um, life-giving, inter- life-enhancing individuals who just really are happy without a relationship. And I, I really want to affirm that as well and say that if you've got some should messages going on in your head, why don't I have a relationship? Is there something wrong with me because I don't have a relationship? Perhaps that needs to be looked into because if you're happy being uh, uh, being single and, and not being in a long-term committed romantic relationship, go for it. Do that too. So I want to put that out there as well. But for those of you who are looking for a soulmate, I, I really um, – like what uh, Ariel said a little while ago, that the law of attraction bring, brings people to the place that matches their state of being, not necessarily just their thoughts, not even just their emotions, but their state of being and um, or their being, uh, not, maybe not even the state, but their beingness. So it, it, uh, it's important to know who we are in the process of trying to find someone to match that. If we don't know who we are, then it's going to be difficult for us to find somebody to match who we are. Um, and when I ask people to, to to make a list of the things that they want in a relationship, sometimes they make their list made up out of the mask and costume they wear, not based on who they really are as authentic beings. One of the things we can know, you know, you might have a friend or two that you can utterly be yourself with. You may not yet have established that relationship either. But if you have a few friends that you have uh, can utterly be yourself with and just, you know, let your hair down and be whoever you are and um, be as creative as you are and as silly as you are, as passionate as you are, and nobody's telling you to change that, then uh, you know the feeling of home that Ariel was talking about that you get from that dynamic that you just feel like, yeah, this is home. I'm comfortable here. None of us would like for our home to be a bed of nails. None of us would like for our home to be a place where uh, there are, you know, people in the walls perhaps talking to us and telling us we're not good enough or that we're, you know, we don't measure up or that we should be doing something else or thinking another way or being another way or living some other pattern of life. None of us want that in our homes. And so what we're looking for in a partner is the same thing we're looking for in our homes. We're looking for somebody who can match us, can just let us be ourselves, and whom we can also freely, without any internal friction, accept as they are. We're not asking for someone we have to meet and then let her change. We don't want to have to say, oh, well, I'll take you today, but I really want you to change for the better tomorrow. No, that's not what we're looking for in a soulmate relationship. If that's what you want or that's what you think you want in a relationship, that's probably not going to be a soulmate relationship. It might be a relationship, but not a soulmate relationship because soulmates relate soul to soul. And that's what I, I, I like to take that word and say it's the mating of two souls. And uh, you can't have the mating of two souls when you're operating out of two masks and costumes. And that's something I see very often in my private practice that um, people are, they, they meet each other and they're drawn to each other because um, one person's mask supports the other person's mask. So if I'm, um, let's say I'm uh, living out a scapegoat identity in which I feel guilty and responsible for other people's lives and other people's well-being, 
then I'm liable to attract somebody who either needs me to be responsible for their life uh, or their well-being, or I'm, I might attract somebody who wants to blame and make me feel guilty, or at least their their blame does make me feel guilty. And um, so, you know, I might be attracted to that. If I'm, say, someone who lives out the victim identity area, I was talking about people who seem to be addicted to misery, that would be somebody I would call a victim I have, that might have a victim identity. It's a survival tool they put on long ago without realizing they were doing it, and uh, they think that being addicted to uh, misery makes them easier for other people to take care of in some kind of way. So so the idea is if I'm miserable, then somebody else will take care of me, and that's, of course, a bargain with reality, and they very rarely find it to be so. But they do find some people who are at least long enough who will take care of them long enough until they get tired of it to uh, engage the person for a little while. So a victim identity might be attracted to somebody who's a caretaker, and a caregiver might be attracted to somebody who's got a victim identity. Those are masks and costumes. They are not who you really are. And so Arielle Ford mentioned her sister, Debbie Ford, who talks a lot about this shadow work. And uh, in that uh, regard, the, the shadow might, be, can, might actually contain our truest authenticity. The, uh, the shadow is anything that is unconscious. Carl Jung was asked one time long ago what the shadow really consisted of, and he kept trying to ask his, answer his audience's questions, and finally he got up in a huff and left the room and said, the shadow is all the unconscious, you know, because people were trying to pocket it into some little segment of the unconscious, and basically he was just saying the shadow and the unconscious are synonymous. So anything that's in your shadow is unconscious to you. And uh, probing the depths of the unconscious means becoming conscious, and that's what becoming conscious is all about, is, is sort of working with the unconscious. So in that process, if, we've, if we're consciously living out of a mask and costume, then in the unconscious might be found the authentic self. And uh, so we might need to, that's why the work of sort of getting this down to a cellular level is transformative, because we're, we're, we're working with that energy of the unconscious to sort of bring forth the authentic self and let it manifest. And once it begins, the authentic self begins to talk and walk and inhabit a person's life, then you can much easier attract someone who can match your own authenticity. So what I say to people is authenticity attracts authenticity and masks and costumes attract masks and costumes. So a part of the transformative work of attracting your soulmate is all about finding out who you are first and falling in love first with yourself so that then your soulmate can come along and you can fall in love with that person. And Ariel also mentioned people who who might have attracted the same kind of personality again and again, and she talked about how um, how these processes of forgiveness and being open and willing uh, to, to attract a partner who's open and willing to have a relationship and geography and what the heart qualities are and the chemistry and compatibility. She talked about all of that. Um, and I'm adding just another dimension that she also talked about with regard to the deep cellular change, which is that, is that we, in order for us to attract authentic soulmate connection, we have to be in touch with our own soul. And that sounds like a, an arcane journey that seems sometimes impossible to take for, for those of us who live fairly on the surface of life. But it's actually not. It's just it's just the right place where your peace lives. It's the place where you can go to, where you you're excited about life, where life is just joyful, where the tasks that you do are work or things that you love doing, not things you hate doing because you got to have a job. 
Um, so, uh, and the things that you do in your daily routine, the hobbies you do, these are things you enjoy, not just things that keep you busy. You know, I talk to a lot of people who say, well, the only way that I can deal with my sadness is just to keep myself busy. And I go, well, are you having fun doing that? And they go, no. And I'm like, well, then how are you dealing with your sadness? You know, that's not making you any happier. Um, the, the way to, to uh, deal with sadness is, as she said, give it some time for expression, but also make room for your happiness. So um, the, the idea is that in order for the soul to be expressed in our lives, it will, it is, it's like an artist. It, once, once the authentic self comes forward, and, and the authentic self to me is synonymous with the soul, um, once the authentic self or the soul comes forward, and begins to express itself in a person's life, one of its expressions is to paint into that palette or paint into that onto that canvas a a picture of your your love, your heart, your soul, the person that you can be yourself with. And and I love the way she said that that you can look in somebody's eyes and, and you just see your home there. Um that's really very, very true about a true soulmate connection. You just know you're at home. And there's an unconditionality to the love. Now, I want to talk about that just a little bit, and, and we might talk about it in the next segment as well. Unconditional love is not, I'll tolerate anything you do, and it's okay because I love you unconditionally. Un- unconditional love is not accepting the unacceptable and tolerating the intolerable. Some of us have had relationships where we've attempted to do that, and those relationships crashed and burned, and the reason they did is because they needed to. Um, not because anything anybody failed or somebody did something wrong, but those relationships needed to end um, because they were based on a falsehood where we're just sort of putting up with stuff instead of really loving stuff. Unconditional love is loving someone as they are, um, and with all their quirks, and you know they're they're all there who they are, whatever that is. And um, it, it, but it doesn't mean. You know, sort of putting your wrist to your forehead and going, oh, well, I can handle that, I guess. I can handle anything, you know, because I love him or I love her. And uh, that's, that's not unconditional love. That's just tolerance. And, and uh, centuries ago, our great-great-grandparents got in relationships with people and they, because of a good dowry or good hips or, you know, uh, good parentage or good inheritance or whatever, and those relationships were based in security, not in love. And um, they ended up in these long-term commitments with people they didn't really like that much and did sort of tolerate it. And they stayed in it because staying in it was what you do. Um, but today we don't have to do that. And uh, we, we can find, not only can we end a bad relationship, but we can also find a good one. So we'll be back in just a few minutes with just a little bit more about finding your soulmate. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Mark your calendar for the Institute of Noetic Sciences 14th Biennial Conference, Noetic 2.0, Tools and Technologies for a World Transforming, July 20th to the 24th at the Weston Market Street Hotel in the heart of San Francisco. 
Deepak Chopra, Edgar Mitchell, Joanna Macy, and others will help you navigate a world transforming. Registration is now open and space is limited. So sign up now to join the ION's global community in July 2011. For more information, go to www.noetic.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment of our show today, talking about how you can attract and be attracted to your soulmate. Um, you know, what we talked about, Arielle Ford was on the show in the first uh, two segments of the show, and uh, she talked about the three conditions of a soulmate, and that would be someone you could be yourself with, someone who loves you and who you love unconditionally, and someone to whom, with whom you can look into their eyes and see they're your home. And um, so that's how she defined soulmate, and she said there were lots of different kinds of soulmates. We can have friend soulmates and parent soulmates and children soulmates and um, colleague soulmates and also romantic soulmates. And so today we focus the most of our attention on romantic soulmates, um, but I wanted to reiterate that our soulmates are everywhere. And if, if we find a rich connection with a soulmate that is a friend, um, then we should also be uh, recognizing that if we've attracted one soulmate, we can attract another. Ariel talked a little bit about how we can um, some of the blocks that keep us from from actually manifesting a soulmate connection, and uh, most of those that she mentioned had to do with things that we tell ourselves, the messages we give ourselves that I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm, I'm not wealthy enough, I don't have this or that or the other, and uh, I don't. In other words, I don't have anything to trade for this relationship, and that is based on an old archetype that is uh, from, from our ancient history in which, as we said a few minutes ago, we did trade for relationship. We traded a dowry. We traded a good inheritance. We traded a good family name. We traded a house. We traded, you know, um, the fact that somebody looked like they might be able to reproduce several children so that the children could help with the farm. We traded with good teeth and good hips, and that we traded and we still have that archetype in our head that if i you know if i've got these things that i don't necessarily like about myself then i don't have anything to trade the other person for 
And so my, the, the value of my, um, my commodity is not as good as what somebody else might offer for the trade, so they're going to go seek out somebody else. Um, and so what we, the first step, of course, in that is going to be learning to value what we do have, what we are, who we are, to value that just as we are, and, and um, to, as we grow and evolve, to implement new things in our lives that make us feel good about ourselves. For example, if, if uh, you, you're feeling sluggish and tired and, and depressed all the time, uh, and you don't really like that about yourself, then one of the, uh, my first question is, what, which part of you doesn't like it? Is it an authentic part that wants to change that, or is it a judging part that wants to ridicule you for being uh, where you are? That you got to know that. That's the first step. And then the second step is to be able to implement change where you need it to be, but not from that harsh, critical, judging part of you that says, change now so you'll be able to attract a soulmate. No. That's not how we attract a soulmate. We, we will attract a soulmate through a gentle kind of process of authenticity that allows us to be authentic, to us to be true to our soul, and then we can attract somebody else who is true to our soul. So the more we betray ourselves, the more likely we are to attract someone who will betray us. The more we are self-critical, the more likely we are to attract someone who is critical of us. Um, and that's not even that's not even the law of attraction. That's just you know reality. We we're not. It's it, it's uh, what we do to ourselves. It's what we seek out in our world. It's what we understand. It's what's familiar to us. It's the box we live in, and so we we seek out things that match that box. So if you're not comfortable with the box you're living in, perhaps you might need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what is it in me that created this box? You know, is it my mask and costume, or is it my truest soul? Um, and uh, so it's, it's, it's that inward look that helps us to be able to look outward and uh, to be able to find in our hearts what we love is to also be able to find another heart that loves that too. Um, and it, that, that idea of being engaged with another person um, is one of true engagement. It's not, uh, it's not based on the trades. It's not based on well, I'm thin enough now, so therefore I can have a relationship. It's not based on, well, I'm wealthy enough now, so therefore I can have a relationship. It's not based on, well, I guess I have enough personal power now to attract a relationship. It's not about that. It's not uh, measuring yourself and asking yourself, am I good enough yet for a relationship? And so much of what we do in terms of trying to attract a partner is all about that measuring ourselves so much of what we do period is all about that measuring ourselves and certainly we invite that into our search for a soulmate as well so the idea is that we if we can if we can look at that internal critic and ask where it came from what we typically will find is that those are voices that we internalized from maybe our parents or early upbringing other kids said things and we just internalized those messages and now we give them to ourselves instead of um, asking ourselves what's really true. So this is a real consciousness-raising experience, this thing of attracting a soulmate. It is, it is one in which we, uh, we will really transform our sense of ourselves from one of perhaps a mask and costume to one that's more authentic um, to really seek what we long for, not just what we'll tolerate, to really uh, to and to commit to that to you know once we're in the dating process 
to really say, you know, you're really cute and attractive and kind of hot and, you know, all that's great, but, yeah, you're not, you don't have that relationship stuff that I'm really looking for in a soulmate. So, yeah, that might be a good friend. This could be a good friend you can hang out with, do some fun things with, but not going to be the soulmate that's going to be your romantic partner for the for a long-term committed relationship. Um, and this works in gay and lesbian relationships. It works in all kinds of relationships. It not it does not is not um, relegated to the heterosexual world. This is for relationship. Period. It is all about uh, uh, recognition of who you are as an authentic being, and then taking that authenticity out into the world and manifesting it in your career, in your relationships, in your finances, in every area of your life to be able to say, I'm an authentic being. I am manifesting my world according to uh, what is true inside of me. And there's no greater essence to a fulfilled life than doing that in every area. Again, I want to say, if you're somebody who really is happy and fulfilled without a relationship, be that. Be that with joy and, and blessings. Just enjoy it. And, uh, and and the criticism of society that says, oh, you must be a loner, you must be, you know, isolating, you must be something wrong with you. No, no, no. If you're happy, if you're really truly joyous that way, then enjoy it. And uh, if you're not, then, then, then it's like, okay, well, I might need to look at that and see what else I want to bring into my life and why I've kept myself from having it up until now. So, you know, when we when we see the pop culture stuff out there, Basically, what we get from that is get really thin, get really beautiful if you're a woman, and uh, make sure that if you're over 50 that you have some, um, some, uh, some work done. Um, and uh, if you're a man, well, you might want to have some work done too, and you wanna, might want to get thinner, and you might want to, you know, get buff. You, you, you need to really look good. You want to work on that image. You know, that's what we hear from pop culture. But we're not talking today about image. We're talking about soul. If you want to attract a soul mate, you have to live in your own soul. And, it, and it, it's going to be really important to, to really trust that process of being able to say, okay, now I'm on a date with so-and-so, and, and I thought they might be the one, but I'm really discovering things about them that no, aren't really working for me. How am I going to know they're working for me? I'm going to tune in to me. I'm going to listen to me. I'm going to trust that my tastes, my desires, my responses to this person are just as legitimate as my biological tastes. So that if, you know, somebody puts a a, a bunch of turnip greens down in front of me, that's not passing my lips. Not going to eat it. Uh, So in the same way, and, and with much greater consequence, uh, I, I, I need to be careful about, uh, and I care, by careful I mean being care, caring for myself, fulfilling myself through self-care, um, to, to allow myself to say, no, I'm not just going to keep going with this because I worry that if I don't take this guy or this girl, there won't be somebody else. That's where another place where we get really trapped. We just say, okay, well, this person likes me and I like them and, there's nobody else out there for me, so I guess I might as well just settle. Uh, and we do that without n- saying those words. We do that by just sort of settling inside. We just kind of say, okay, I, I made that list, but really it was just a list, and now I've attracted somebody, and I was lonely, and I'm tired of looking, so here, let's just do this. 
Uh, no, that's not how you find a soulmate. It has to be a commitment to really owning what is true inside you and then staying with that, being with it, allowing it to be true for you as you, uh, as you are dating or uh, interacting with other people. Um, so what we tend to think is the person that we're attracted to, oh, especially if we fall in love with that person, well, that must be a calling from God to marry that person. No. People can fall in love with Mr. Wrong. You, many of you out there listening have done that. <laughs> I've done that. We've we've all done it. Uh, but but it's it's not about uh, so it's not about falling in love. It's about falling in love with your soulmate. So just falling in love is not enough. I'm sorry, it's not. We have to do more. We have to do more work. We have to do the transformative work that says I'm being in my soul, so I'm attracting my soulmate. So that's it for today, and next week we're going to be talking to Dr. Marilyn Schlitz from the Institute of Noetic Sciences, and we're going to be talking about consciousness. This is a unique opportunity to hear from one of our leading researchers today on consciousness. So stay tuned for that, and remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.